I don't like to look at you even. You're just, you're very flannelly, mopey, and pouty bottom lip and black. At a certain point, it's just bloodletting and penises and sex toys and, uh, you know, just another uh, Tuesday night around my house. I bleed for this show, dear listeners. Good old Hitler bringing the comedy. Every character in this movie could be a Crispin Glover. Gore, 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 penis, 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 deathgasm. So weird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that kicks as much ass as a comic book movie or a 70s giallo, but without the silly long titles. I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> I'm Eugene Weaver. Hey, man. Nice. How's, it, how's it going? <laughs> Good. I'm doing well. Just got off work and uh, got all set up and poured my drink. Ready to go. Awesome. I just got home from another excellent writer's club where a bunch of us sit around and talk about writing, but don't really do much writing. <laughs> Some of us do, but most of the time it, uh, uh, we just sit around and bullshit about comic books and, uh, comic book or movies and media and art and stuff like that. It was good. Good. Another good time. Cool. I took a whole bunch of books that I had won off a Facebook group and let, uh, Brandon and Dave rifle through them and take whatever they want. Cause I, I want like 140 comic books. I mean, it was seven to $900 worth of comic books a few months ah. ago. Yeah. It's huge. Awesome. But there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't, I'm not collecting or I'm not reading yeah. or whatever. So it's like, ah, go ahead. I don't care. Take, take, spread the love Pass. around, man. Yeah. They, they sure spread it my way plenty of times with, uh, with other media. Dave is my voodoo man. Yeah. <laughs> and voodoo as, Hopefully, some of our listeners know is awesome. It's amazing. But if you yeah. add up the the uh, physical cost of the voodoo codes he's given me, oh, oh yeah, I those mean, things are not cheap. Nope, five, ten, fifteen bucks a pop, and I've probably got a hundred of them, a uh, hundred and fifteen or twenty that he gave me. I mean, wow. Yeah, but hey, yeah. try to show my appreciation any way I can. Hey, and on my end, uh, we're things are uh, things are. Hopping at the theater, we actually are going to be uh, showing a movie called Phantom Boy. Have you heard of this one? I want to talk to you about this briefly. No, but it sounds amazing. It's a, <laughs> it's an animation movie from uh, the people that made A Cat in Paris. Okay, is it French? Yes. But it looks, it's French, but it looks really, really, really cool. A super-powered boy helps a wheelchair-bound policeman in an attempt to bring down a mob kingpin. And it's getting all sorts of really good reviews. And whenever we have movies like this, they generally do very, very well for us at the theater. And, uh, which is cool because it's like movies like this will bring in, like families, but like the art house crowd, they still totally go for stuff like this. Is there a trailer Uh, out for this movie? There is. Yeah. There's a trailer for it on IMDb and, uh, and we're showing it like right now in front of, uh, still let's, let's try and get that posted to the, uh, Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. So, anyway. Um, okay, you ready to start the show? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry, right. Gabriel there already. No, but... no, 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 you're good. I, I look forward to watching that trailer. I'd like to watch it right now, but uh, I've got a show to do, so. Yeah. Eh, we'll do that. Uh, let's go to the roulette where we force each other to watch movies in the hopes of finding those gems in the rough and sharing them with you and hopefully avoiding the grenades, maybe. Uh, last episode, it was... Upstream color up against Beaver Trilogy Part Four, 
And I get to go first this week. Let's see here. Upstream Color. This is from Shane Carruth. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Primer. It was the last movie he made. Uh, a man and a woman are drawn together, entangled in the life cycle of an ageless organism. Identity, identity begin, becomes an illusion as they struggle to assemble the reassemble, more likely, the loose fragments of wrecked lives. Once again, having to fix the <sighs> grammar of IMDb. Um... <laughs> yes, so, uh, this movie. I am really of two minds of this movie. Part of me, overall, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. I'll just say that right now. Oh, I good. did, en- I did enjoy it. Um, man, it, <laughs> kinda tough to follow. I mean, it's, it's, the best way that I can compare it is to like, uh, a David Lynch, like a Mulholland Drive. Okay? You know what's going on, but you have no fucking idea what's going on. Uh, I really, you know but like Mulholland Drive, to where it's like I still enjoy this. I want to okay. know where this is going, and I understand what's going on. But what is going on? That's one of the best ways that I can succinctly describe what is happening in this movie. It's gorgeously shot. Uh, uh-huh. The acting is all on point. There's not a lot of dialogue in the film, but there is still a lot of emotion, and it still works very well. Um, Shane Carruth stars in this as he did in Primer, and he does a fine job. Uh, the real standout here, though, is Amy Smetz, S-E-I-M-E-T-Z, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, but this, this lady has star leading lady power written, Oscar winner written all over her, because she does not look like your blonde, big titty bimbo that is just annoying actor yeah. fodder. Do you know what I mean? I can't yeah. stand that. She's a beautiful lady, and she acted her ass off in this movie. That I mean, think of what you got to work with. Not much dialogue, and sort of confusing, and even just trying to narrow down a description of this plot is so strange that you're almost like, what in the world? Um, a guy uses this drug. He, f- he finds these grubs in his flower pots. He's a florist. He uses these grubs to create a drug. He gets the neighbor kids kind of high on it, and then he kind of uses it to uh, a pure, bigger dose version of it to um, sort of kidnap uh, these people. And they're under like a hypnotic spell. And he gets them to sign over mortgages to their house and go get loans on their house and give him all the money. So he's ripping these people off while they're under this hypnotic state. And then frees them up like kind of with a snap of his fingers and then they start seeing worms crawling under their skin so they try and crawl call uh, uh stab them out um and then this random guy comes and gra- I'm not spoiling anything this is the first third of the movie uh okay. this random guy kind of comes or sets up these speakers and calls to them which I guess is calling to the alien or worm thing and then they go meet him in the middle of nowhere. He does this pretty gory operation on them where he sets up a reel on a wheel that he spins to feed the worm out of their wounds and into a living pig. And it, it, this oh. takes time. It's disgusting, like an intestine machine from the cell. Remember that? Yeah. It, it's like almost like that. It was gross as hell, but it was awesome. This sounds really good. Yeah, that, this is the first act of the movie. Then the second act is them trying to repair their lives. So this guy saved their li- this other dude, random dude, saved their lives and put the wor- giant long worm thing into a pig. And then they try and put their lives back together. And it's, they're a wreck. 
And then that second act is pretty kind of boring, but it is very effective and artistic the way they did it with such minimal dialogue. Uh, they can still feel their worm other calling to them, I guess, maybe? And then the third act, they go back and find the pig farm, kind of, and things happen. I'm, I'll just stop there. Yeah. And there are a lot of beautiful, there's lots of beautiful imagery and connections between the first and third acts of this guy who's running this pig farm. It's very strange, though. I definitely say keep it in the queue and give it a shot when you're in the mood for some, like, weirdness and artistic weirdness. And you are sometimes. This is right up there oh, with, yeah. with your French artsy farts yeah. bullshit. Um, but I liked it. I liked it a fair amount. I mean, I, uh, it's just so strange. But hey, kudos for trying something new and different and weird. This, you do not see shit like this every day. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And putting it all together in a coherent, um, kind of review, even, it's like, I don't know everything that happened, but I've got an idea in that, again, David Lynchian dreamlike kind yeah. of sense. Did, uh, is yeah. this something that you'd rewatch sometime, or is this a one and done for you? Boy, 50-50 on that. Part of me wants to say one and done, but the other part of me is like, man, I would go back and watch that again just for that lady's performance. I'm not kidding. Hmm. I couldn't take my eyes off her the whole time she was doing her thing. And I really hope that she, her career blows up because she has the look, to, for me, she has the look mm -hmm. of, a, of a star, an Oscar wing kind of... Cool. Like oh, somebody, I could just imagine in a couple years, it's somebody that... Like Jessica Chastain, perfect example. That all of a sudden she's in every movie. Yeah, and I really, really hope that happens for her. Or uh, the uh, the lady in uh, Sicario. Um, I'm, her name escapes me right now. She's one of my favorite actresses. Yeah, yeah, that's another perfect example. Yeah, cool. Well, I will keep it in my queue then. Again, you got to be in the right mood for that one. But gotcha. Well, you have to be in the right mood for my movie as well. That is a guarantee. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready for Beaver Trilogy. This is the sexual exploit. This is a lesbian porn, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I watched uh, the wrong hold, movie. Hold the, yes, hold the lesbians and hold the porn. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but keep the the funky, offbeat humor of a lesbian porn movie. And I'll trade it all for a Crispin Glover. Yes. Oh, and we got, we got Chris McGlover's out the wazoo in this. Um, every character in this movie could be a Chris, uh, Chris McGlover, actually. If oh, you Chris McGlover trilogy part four. <laughs> uh, this movie. Okay. Documentary. I'm going to read what IMDb has to say about it. Chance meeting at a parking lot in 1979 between filmmaker Trent Harris and a young man from Beaver, Utah, inspired the creation of an underground film that is known as the Beaver Trilogy. But the film itself is only part of the story. Mm. And and that is actually very accurate. The, uh, the crux of this whole documentary is actually more on the director of these what I consider to be fairly awful looking half hour short films and uh, his quirky weirdness, as well as this random dude that he meets in videotapes in 1979. Um, this thing is just bizarre. And it's honestly, it's a hard documentary to talk about because to explain like, what is this thing about? It's about this filmmaker. After what I just explained? 
Yeah, I mean, but seriously, it's like I, I'm like I thought about after the movie. I'm like, how am I going to, in a very short period of time, explain what this thing is about? And it's like, I think just the 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 second half of this director's life, pretty much, is what it's about and what how this guy operates, what he does, where he goes, how he gets video footage, and then. Underlying in there is this Beaver Trilogy thing, which part one is this this guy that he just meets in this small little hick town, and he later in the evening, I guess, or later on, he dresses up. This guy dresses up in drag and uh, and sings to the camera. Well, that didn't go so well with the with the uh, very very homophobic town townsfolk, especially back in 1979. So then this director remakes it, remakes this short film starring. Uh, uh, Sean Penn Sean Penn in the next one and then Crispin Glover's in the last one or vi- something like that but, but, yeah. and they never got a good release and then uh, they, then they were shown at Sundance and oh, it's so weird uh, <laughs> and do I recommend it I, uh, I I liked it but I've not seen a documentary like it because it's proof that you can make documentaries about pretty much anything because I don't really know where – I mean it's it's interesting but I'm like this just proves that I could probably make a documentary about um, the car that just went by my house screaming fast, way too fast for where I live. I'm like I, I should make a documentary about that because that might be something Or the bug exists. sprayer that comes around every time that I'm recording a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes, just put in some very, very odd, weird music or depressing music, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> eh. that, that kind of sounds like a either a, oh boy, a thumbs down. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Just kind of meh. But I don't uh, know. It kind of is intriguing. Is it just sort of like the subject matter just wasn't quite interesting enough for the? It's just weird. It you know there's there's a sub, there's subject matter there, but it's just. So many very, very, very odd people. And it's like this director reminds me kind of of an Ed Wood, like, dude, you're not that good. Uh, And it's just – this would have actually – what what I wish would have happened is somehow the end there would have actually been like a ghost or something that – and then all of a sudden there's a ghost in this thing or there's a demon in this thing. And I'm like, okay, well, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense why everybody is so batshit crazy weird and uh, because there's a demon running the show. That's why, of course. No, but, it's just a Crispin Glover joint. That's all it is. Yes. Oh, and he uh, and the director made a feature-length movie with this guy, with Crispin Glover, and like three people showed up to the premiere and and Crispin Glover wearing gigantic shoes in it in, in a boat and uh, <laughs> uh, wow me. So, I don't I don't, uh, I don't know what to say <laughs> it sounds pretty <sighs> dumb <laughs> yeah okay. yeah I, <laughs> okay well are you ready for the next round <laughs> yeah I, I'm actually now I'm actually curious what uh, okay so. This director has here's the movies that he's made: uh, the Beaver Kid parts one and two, the Orkley Kid, Reuben and Ed. Reuben and Ed is the movie with Crispin Glover with his big shoes and whatever uh, that no one saw. Then Plan Ten from Outer Space. He made a movie called Plan Ten from Outer Space. So he is Ed Wood. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, Burning Man, the Beaver Trilogy, 
which he compiled, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then Delightful Water Universe from 2008. And then Luna Mesa, which they actually talk about in this movie as well. And it's another one where I'm like, yeah, that looks like something that I'll never watch uh, ever in my <sighs> life, ever. So he's Yui so, Bull without the tax loophole. I guess, yes. And and he likes to film himself. Like, he may, likes to make movies himself. And by that, I mean, like, he hears his video camera and it's like, Hey, I'm holding it out here and shooting myself talking because I'm making a documentary. And that's how I'm making it is by pointing the video camera at myself and talking. We've spent way (laughs) too much time on this movie. (laughs) Okay, so expectations were disappointed, but overall it's kind of a pass. Yeah, drop five hits acid and turn on Beaver Trilogy part, whatever. There There you go. No thanks. I don't want to trip balls Mm. to Crispin Glover ever in my life. Thank you. Yes. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next round where we sell each other our movies. Uh, first up for you, The Pack. On an isolated Australian sheep farm, a pack of bloodthirsty feral dogs terrorizes a couple and their two kids who fight for their lives and home. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I'm throwing synchronicity back on there because, damn it, I keep hovering on it and haven't pushed play yet and somebody's going to launch a physicist tries to stop a mysterious woman from stealing his coveted invention by traveling back in time. And lastly, look who's back, because this is a roulette movie through and through. Yep. When Adolf Hitler reawakens at the site of his former bunker 70 years later, he's mistaken for a brilliant comedian and becomes a media phenomenon. Waka waka. Yep. <laughs> Good old Hitler bringing the comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, over to you. Okay, for me, I have the Irish Pub, which I I almost watched this last night. Almost. It's just it's about Irish pubs. Which come on, doesn't that sound cool? Yes. Um. Literally, that's what the movie's about. Hour and fifty minute long documentary about these. Really old pubs and what makes them tick. That sounds awesome. Uh, next up is uh, Abandoned. And this is a roulette. Uh, I thought it sounded interesting. Uh, if I didn't, after I, ro- didn't I throw it on a couple weeks ago? If I didn't, I, it was on my list too. I just might have found, okay. found something better. So I, 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 was, I almost threw it at you. Um, no, no, wait, there is the abandoned. No, no, no. I understand that. I'm talking about the okay. boat one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The boat one. This is the boat one. Uh, so after a rogue winter wave capsizes their yacht, four men must find ways to survive in the wreckage while adrift in the vast Southern uh, Pacific ocean. I think that sounds pretty good. Uh, and then last but not least is the big short, uh, because that looks just great. And I, can't, uh, I can't imagine that's not going to be a really good movie. It is a longer movie. Uh, while the rest of the country took a historic hit, they worked out a scheme to wind up way ahead. And this is about when the bubble burst back in 2008. Housing crisis, all that stuff. Yeah, this is an Akbar. This is an Akbar job right here. It's a trap. I, I just, you, you're so good at this, you, you bastard. The, ga- <laughs> the games that we play. Yes. Uh, you threw that, that, long ass movie on there but it was up for best picture and we try and watch all the best picture movies but it's long and abandoned Irish pub that Irish pub you know I'm going to watch that you know what I haven't taken a a safe documentary in a long time I'm going to take the Irish pub 
Yeah, because honestly, like even my, that Beaver trilogy thing, I was never bored. By the way, mm-hmm. I like I I don't know if I should recommend it, but I'm like when it was done, I'm like oh, I'm I'm glad I watched that. That was that was bizarre. But you, for the most part, documentaries are fairly safe bets. They can <laughs> be. We've run into they a can be. few speed bumps in the Arctic. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So you're taking. You're taking the big short. Okay. No, I'm um, taking the Irish pub. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, we do need to watch the, uh, the big short and uh, what was the other one? Last Spotlight. Week. Spotlight. I'm going to watch both of yeah. those at some point or another. Yeah, me too. I am too. Uh, you know, I... Are I, you going to do it? Of course. This, this, is a, this is a trap too, you know. Uh, but but which one do you think I'm going to take? Cause I, You're going to take the pack. After, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now to dissuade you from the usual horror pick that you always have to take, I did not vet this one. I didn't watch a trailer or anything. Okay, I did, and and I believe that Scream Factor is releasing, or no, is it IFC or Scream Factor? One of them is releasing. It. I'm like, oh, all right, that might be something. <laughs> and and us, it's Australian, so maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a thumbs up. We will be discussing yeah. another Australian horror movie uh, this episode. Uh, so. Anyway. So the pack, okay. it actually does sound good though. And I'm I, like, when I saw the pack, I was like, oh, werewolf movie. All right, cool. And then I read the synopsis and I was like, oh, I'm not a werewolf. But then I was like, wait a minute, that might actually be a good thing. That still sounds like yeah. it, maybe that actually has potential. Rabbit dogs. Tune in next week when synchronicity is back on the key. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the thing is, I will say this. I do want to watch that movie. I do um, too. I, the trailer looked good and I keep hovering on it, but I just haven't pulled a trigger. Okay, you ready to move on? I am, yes. Uh, Rabbit Trail. Tonight we're rabbit trailing a little bit specifically. Stephen, our buddy over at Cinema Sidekicks, asked us about uh, favorite character actors. And I started putting together a couple of people and said this is going to become a recurring Rabbit Trail segment because there is a million of them that I love. Yep, me too. That's a good question. Yeah, so I said pick three and we'll kind of just bounce back and forth on those and uh you know not every rabbit trail until we get them all down but i mean we'll revisit it at some point in the future and do three more so uh, i'm just i'm curious i'm curious if, if any of ours are going to be like oh i had i had that person as well if there is one on here that you did not put up front for the very first round of this segment i will be shocked i know he really was number Pretty much number one on my list. Well, right I, there's, I have a number one. Okay. I have a number one, and I'm like, that's great character actor. We'll, we shall see. Yep. And uh, yeah, again, I'll be. Are we, we gonna go three, two, one, or how are we? How do we? Yeah, do they're this? not particularly in order. I'm saving my best for last, I guess, but uh, or my biggest one for last. But I, I didn't want to do like, oh, top ten character actors. Here's the number one best one, and the yeah, because gotcha. because gotcha. you know they have varying degrees of work, and they're all very fun to watch. Yeah. So we're just they're just kind of random. Uh, okay, I'll kick us off here. Uh, Michael Wincott, uh, sixty three credits to his name. Not a humongous number, but still fairly impressive. Do you know who Michael? You know Michael Wincott. Mm-hmm. He was the bad guy yep. in the crew. Uh, a few of his notable movies that I happen to love, The Crow, obviously, he's just great in that. The Doors, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, mm-hmm. Why a spoon, cousin? Uh, Romeo is Bleeding. It's another movie that I've been championing for a long time. Uh, Alien 4, uh, Re- Alien Resurrection. He was a good guy in that one, which was a turn I have yep. not seen from him before. I really enjoyed that. 
I think he's one of the best his, I, parts of that yeah. movie. I love his line, she's very fuckable, isn't she? Or something like <laughs> Yeah. He has such a great he, voice. So like so. Oh, he great. does that gravelly oh. marble man type voice. Yeah. But I did notice that he is listed on the cast of uh, the Ghost in the Shell movie that's currently filming with Scarlett Johansson. So I thought that was cool. Nice. Uh, anyway, I love seeing him in, in anything, but he is such a badass in that Alien movie. Uh, and The Crow. Yes, he is. He's such a despicable villain in The Crow. He had the long, straight black hair in, in The Crow, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, crazy long hair. Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, we had fun with her, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, his voice is just... It, a lot so, of those credits are uh, voiceover, not voiceover work, um, voice acting work, uh, video games, and stuff like that. And you, you yeah. t- totally distinct voice. Amazing. Okay, first up for you. Okay, uh, first up for me is Christopher Walken. I think that he is, uh, it's, it's Christopher Walken. And everybody knows Christopher Walken, and no matter what role he plays, it's He's had some leading roles, though. Might have to debate character. Yeah, I mean, I guess for the most most of the time, he is just playing a smaller character in a film, isn't he? Yeah, he. I think so. I mean, like, I immediately think of True Romance and Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and I I love him in those little in those smaller little bit pieces where I'll allow uh, it. Where he, where he just kind of all he just has these little. Uh, like oh there he is and he's doing his thing and even his music videos that he starred in are great. And then that ping pong movie, ping pong movie, that ping pong comedy. You don't remember that? He was in that Balls movie. Balls out or something? No, no, I I can't remember what it was. <laughs> you don't remember that movie? Uh, uh that no, kind of chubby guy becomes a ping pong master. It was kind of a goofy take on a kung fu movie, but they were playing ping pong. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. He was the head guy at the end of the the big oh, bad wow. guy. <laughs> so silly. Anyway. So yeah. Okay. That's and again, I think just because like when he pops up, I, I'm I'm going to use True Romance as an example. It's like when he pops up in True Romance, he's in it for so little, but he is he's so good in that movie, and it's like that that it's a Christopher Walken role. That's your you're pandering to me with that with the true romance talk. You know that, right? Because I, I yeah, absolutely I, adore that movie. <laughs> yeah. And his, his little bit in uh, Pulp Fiction with the watch, I loved. I loved that scene. It's an iconic scene. It really is. He just sits mm-hmm. down and tells one story, but may, my God, what a story it is. What a story. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, okay. Next up for me, I have Peter Stormare. This guy went immediately onto my list. I... Love him. He, you're giving me a quizzical look a little bit. Uh, yeah. The devil in Constantine. Oh, of course. Yeah. Good he call. was a, one of the nihilists in the Big Lebowski. He, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Minority Report. He did the eye surgery. Fargo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Another mm-hmm. film I love. And lastly, Armageddon. And the reason I mention Armageddon is because that movie is a big ball of crap. We all know that. There's no argument there. He is, in my opinion, worth uh, watching that movie. His performance in that movie is so funny and so spot on. And it, it, it's just fantastic. Uh, American equipment, Russian equipment, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> 
Oh, man. I, seriously, I totally forgot that he was even in that. The cosmonaut up on the space station that they try and yeah. refuel. He is great. I mean, he's always. it seems like he's always playing the Russian uh, oh, yeah. gangster, yeah. mobster, whatever. He's a little, little typecast. That happens with the, with the character actors. But I still, every time that I see him pop up, I love it. Even if it's in a piece of crap like Maul. And lastly, he's listed as uh, being in John Wick 2, which is currently filming. Cool. I'm so game to see that. And he has yep. 166 credits to his name. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, wow. Okay. Impressive. Uh, that's it for the next to you. Over to you. Okay. Uh, next up for me is Mr. Tom Noonan. Oh, good and, pick. Uh, he is... Uh, I, Every time he's in a movie, even if I don't like the movie as much, I just think he's such a cool, creepy guy. He was creepy, and the first time, the first movie that I can remember him in is RoboCop Two, as the uh, the drug pusher that turns into the big uh, robot thing that RoboCop has to fend off in the end. That's Tom Noonan. What do you wait? Wait. And, what uh, do you mean he's the robot? Yeah, he's a he's the face of the. Like, he's they take his brain and put him in that robot. In the big robot thing in part two? Oh, part two. That's, I haven't watched part two in forever. You said RoboCop, yeah, and I was thinking part one. I was like, that's just a robot. It was just like a... No, no, it's part, it's part two. Okay, okay. RoboCop, yeah. My bad. Um, so, and then, of course, uh, House of the Devil. He is in House of the Devil. And he's in Manhunt, in Manhunter. And actually, in Manhunter, he is the... Um, that's the big one for me. The, that's the one I always yeah. associate him with as Manhunter. Yeah. But uh, seriously, everything that he's in, I I like his, I like, yeah, so good, yeah, so good. So anyway, and and he did the voice, or he was one of the voices in, uh, he was everybody's voice in Animalisa, which is such an underseen what classic movie. It's it's such a great movie. I loved Animalisa, and uh, he is literally everyone's voice. That is insane. So, there you go. But that is what you come to yeah. expect from that writer. Holy crap. That is nuts. But that's a great pick. I, I Now I really want to see that movie. Damn. Yeah. Yep. And and, and just think of, of how his voice sounds. And then think of every voice in that movie, other than, you know, say, for two people, is Tom Noonan's voice. <laughs> it's, it's great. That's insane, but I love it. That's fantastic. Okay. That's it. Uh, okay, lastly for me, and wow, we've whipped through this way faster than I thought we were, but, uh, so maybe we'll have a time for another rabbit trail question this episode, but, uh, okay. lastly for me, and this is one of the biggest ones, I mean, immediately pops to my mind, 177 credits to his name. Uh, and that would be Mr. Dick Miller. Hmm. Good There's one. somebody I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if you had said right off the bat. I figured that, that was oh. one that we might cross over on. Uh, just a couple of his credits, because he's been in everything. He literally has been in everything that Hollywood has ever made. Uh, V, The Final Battle, the miniseries, the original back in the 80s, he was in that. Uh, Gremlins is probably what he is most known for. Uh, and Gremlins 2. Uh, The Terminator, he was the guy that sells him the guns. Hey, just what you see, yep. pal. <laughs> yep. Demon Knight. Demon Knight uh, is, is yeah. one of the, is the one that I automatically snap to. Every time. Yeah, me too. Uh, he was a recurring role on The Flash from the 90s, and you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Ran for 
giant alien bugs. Right? Unbelievable. How do, every time do we we don't record on the same day every week? I don't know how that. No, it's we, don't. We, we don't. We <sighs> don't. Uh, okay, he was a recurring character. It was in a lot of episodes of The Flash, the '90s uh, TV okay. series. Yeah, Demon Knight, and did a lot of voice work on Batman the Animated Series, which is one of the greatest uh, series of television ever produced. And the list goes on and on and on and on with him with a lot of many little bit parts like that. He's just been in so many friggin' things. But yeah, Demon Knight is the one that I always... If you say Dick Miller, that's what I think of as Demon Knight. Yep. Me too. Me too. Okay, well, one of my uh, top ones... That was a good one, by the way. You you caught me off guard with that one. But uh, one of my favorite character actors is Mr. Tom Atkins. I knew you were going to be horror-centric. Tom. Yeah, uh, Tom Atkins is, he's been in a ton of movies, 79 credits, uh, Halloween 3, Escape from New York, The Fog, uh, were some of his horror movies, My Bloody Valentine, the newer uh, remake, My Bloody Valentine, but he also has been in Lethal Weapon, and he's been in a lot of TV shows. He was the friend, most- he was the friend in Lethal Weapon that gets shot from the helicopter, yeah. yeah. So, but he's been in a lot of, uh, Maniac Cop, he was in that, which is really cool, uh, action horror type thing. Night of the Creeps. That's mm-hmm. the Thrill Me movie. Uh, I just, I get a kick out of him whenever he's in a movie. He's either, he's just like a a, a low, I don't want to say low rent, but kind of low rent, like Charles Bronson type. <laughs> just <laughs> drinks, I mean, how, how d- low drinks and doesn't <laughs> shower and smokes and yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Charles Bronson's cousin, who's the yeah. lesser Bronson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tom Bronson. Tom Bronson. Uh, no, that's cool. I like Tom Atkins, especially in, uh, I mean, those are really iconic roles that he played, especially like in, uh, yeah, Escape from New York. He was that badass cop that, or cop security guard, whatever you want to say, that sends him there, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. The Fog, he was the lead. He was the, yeah, the sexy hunk in that movie, wasn't he? Yeah. And same with Halloween 3. And it's just funny how he's just, just, you know, cheating on his wife with this young, like, 19 year old girl. And he's like, you know, he's like, oh yeah, I'll, you know, let's let's go find out what's going on here. I think these clothes will last another couple of days, and let's get a six pack. And he, he reminds every time I see him, though, I always think of that Mystery Science Theater episode. I think it's the final sacrifice where that guy's wearing uh, the mm. denim vest and Rosedower. 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 I yeah. wonder if they have beer on the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that episode is so great. I'm gonna have to watch that again now. One of my favorites. Fantastic episode. Uh, Tom Atkins. That's good. Good stuff. Well, I look forward to running more down that list and thinking more great uh, character actors to talk about. and uh, Puts me in the mood to watch some of these movies again. Anything yeah. else? I, I even have a couple more that, that have very few credits to their name, but uh, the, the roles that they've had are so good that I had to include them. So we'll, we'll hit on that later. Yeah. Okay, uh, do you have something on your rabbit trail list that you want to hit? Ah, uh, um, slam uh, bang. Uh, let's see here. Um, I have some some stuff here. Did we ever talk about the most unsettling, non gory scene in a movie? And that doesn't have to be a horror movie, but like uh, a, a an unsettling, like a very disturbing scene that is not very violent or anything or very uh we haven't we can do that if you want let's go for okay, it okay i just thought that because i have a couple here and of course mine are 
mine are generally horror related, but, but there's a couple that are not horror related. And I thought, well, that might be something good to delve into. Did you want, I'm trying to, uh, hmm, nail down this question here a little bit. Um, so, do you want it like terrifying or unsettling? Because there's kind of a little bit of a difference there. Because you could be talking about jump scares. You're not. Yeah, no, this is not jump scare okay. at all. Like my mine are not jump scares. This is just like, ugh. yeah, stuff that makes you about feel ill and you're uh, sick to your stomach yeah. without being yeah, or just gory. yeah, just very creeped out or just uncomfortable. And again, it doesn't have to be because like one of them. Is and or maybe is even like a violent scene that you don't see, but is implied maybe or right off screen or something like that. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why don't you go first with one while I give it a think? Okay. So I'm going to start off with uh, with one of my more unsettling scenes. It always catches me off guard every time I see it. And and I you know obviously this question is a little bit more horror ish, but again there there's especially one that really got me. That is non-horror. I'll save that one for later. But one of my most unsettling scenes in a movie that gets me every single time I watch it is in uh, the first 15 minutes or so of The Exorcist, the original Exorcist, where uh, Father Marin, he is in our, uh, he's in Iraq, and he finds a this little, this little statue thing. Oh, well, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the whatever of Exorcist, but... It ends with him in the desert, standing there, looking at this gigantic statue. And the wind is blowing, and the uh, the music is swelling, and there's these two dogs that are fighting in the background. It is just, it oozes with evil of, here is our Christ-like good guy hero, facing, what is going to happen is he's facing off against the ultimate evil. And that scene gives, I got goosebumps just thinking about it right now. It's one of my most unsettling, creepy, uncomfortable moments in a movie that I've ever seen. That's again, why I think Exorcist holds up so well is that it's the little moments like that, that I'm like, uh, this is not a jump scare, but I am just so uncomfortable and scared. Yeah. So, okay. You know, what, you remember yeah, what scene yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, I know about? what you're talking about. I didn't have quite that much uh, power for me, but I'm I'm not one of the normal ones with the Exorcist on my opinions of it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, uh, good good scene though. With the Exorcist series, I've always preferred the scenes that are in Iraq or the Middle East or wherever they are to Africa, whatever, uh, to everything else yeah. that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, the first one that popped into my mind, and I don't know that I can nail down a specific scene because I haven't watched it all the way through since the theater, even though I own the Blu-ray. Uh, but the sidekicks were talking about it and I was listening to their latest episode today and I had to get on there and defend it a little bit because it's a, I think it's a good movie. I think it was just looking at it a little wrong because it's not what I call a horror movie. I call it a terror movie. And I think in that category, there is one movie and that is the strangers with Liv mm. Tyler and, uh, oh, yeah. and Scott Speedman. Mm. Maybe I want to yeah, say yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it since the theater. I got the Blu-ray because they had it mismarked for like two bucks, and I was like, "Ah, what the hell?" I watched about half of it, and I was so uncomfortable that I turned it off uh, because I have a great sound system, and that is a film to make you terrified, and it's not to be horrified by the gore you're seeing because there's not much, if any. It's just these people just want to fuck with you and make you scared as shit. And that's it. And 
Yeah. There were several scenes in there where there's just a guy in a creepy mask standing half in the dark over her shoulder in the hallway, and you want to get up and run out of the room. You, you can't not look over your shoulder. And then he doesn't do anything to her. He just backs off and vanishes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's just... Man, when you and I saw that in the theater... <laughs> and the, the, the Blu-ray, the sound on the Blu-ray, when he's they mm. bang on the door and they're making noises, it 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 is terrifying. It freaks yep. me the hell out. So I don't know that I can pick an actual scene, but that whole entire movie, it's a very unique film. I think one yes. person dies in it and... It wasn't even caused by the killers, as I recall, or the people doing the scaring. Uh, anyway, that was one of the questions he asked. Why did why did they leave her alive? It's like, well, they weren't murderers, really. They were just there to terrorize you. They get off yeah, on that, and that's it. Move on to the next place. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Cool. Well, um, so the non-horror one that I have, it was, uh, and it gets me every time. I haven't seen this movie in a long time because it's a, it's a rough watch, but... Um, American History X. Holy crap! When uh, yes, when Edward Norton has the uh, the guy up by the curb, curb and he stomp. has him put his the curb stomp. It's not gory. It's not scary, but it's one of the more unsettling things I have ever witnessed in a movie. Uh, do, oh, do you know I completely I mean? agree. Yeah, yes, it's it's so hardcore. Yeah, uh, and it's just it leaves that that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach that you can't unwatch that. And it's not, there's not a drop of blood to my knowledge, but it's just the implication, the way it was filmed. I believe that that was another black and white scene. Cause that was a flashback. If I remember correctly, I seem to think so. I haven't watched it in quite a yeah, while. So everything about it was just so, Oh man, so rough. So uh, yeah, anyway, and that's a great movie, by the way, not one that you want to watch every, uh, even every year, at least for me. I've only watched it a couple times, but it's a fantastic movie. And that scene is people that have seen American History X. I think they they would probably agree that that's one of the more iconic moments in that film. Oh, absolutely! That's it's everybody left that theater going fucking curb stomp. Holy shit! Even for the yeah, other stuff that, that happens, hardcore. it's like damn, that is the most hardcore thing ever. And it happened off frame. Yes. I do remember that. You didn't see it. It was left to your imagination. Yeah, no, you don't see That's it. Made it so. Yeah, but you you hear his. You see like an up close tight shot of the guy putting his teeth against the curb, and uh, I I I kind of remember almost like you can almost hear. It was crazy. Uh, so anyway, I'm just watching. Go spray your fucking bugs and get out of here. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. Okay. Um. As far as another one. You know, there have been maybe maybe this doesn't fit the criteria, but there have been several times in several films. I want to I'm going to bring up uh, Silent Hill and uh, what's the other one that I just watched? The Angels and Demons, where hmm. people are literally set on fire, and it, sometimes they, they kind of show the beginning of it, and sometimes they may have sh maybe they show too much and it qualifies as gory. But those scenes always really bother me when people are, are set on fire because it's such a miserable way to go. You know, it's a little different when yeah. they're trapped into something, but when they're torturing people that way by setting them on fire, it's that 
<sighs> Obviously, it's meant Rough to un- unsettle you and whatnot, but my God, that is so hardcore. Yeah. I can't even bear. Oh, even uh, the Wicker Man. There you go. There's another example. Oh, there you go. Now that's a great one. Yeah, the Wicker Man. And that happens off frame for the most part. The actual yeah, deed, but damn, that yeah. that just that leave that hits me hard right in the chest. Yeah. Yeah. Last one for me. Uh, I've got a couple more, but you know, we'll get into recently watched. But the, the last one for me, and I have to be careful not to spoil it because it is the reason to watch this movie. Is the last, not even five minutes, the last three minutes of Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> there's a little bit of gore there. There's a there's a there's a little there's a little bit, but but it's take not, that even that, take that, that. That's not the action. That's not yeah. the point. Yeah, th- that's not the the reason why that scene is so incredibly unsettling. That is the reason why that movie is iconic. I completely agree. Uh, and that, if I had time to think about it, that would have been my number one right up top. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll never forget the first time you watched that. You called back when we actually had legitimate like, landlines, phones, like. Landlines, you call and left a message. You're like, dude, I just watched Sleepaway Camp. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep, there you oh, go. Oh, I was watching that movie and I was just like, why is he so into this movie? It's just a camp slasher and it's kind of cheesy and dated and bad. And yeah, I get it. And it's, it's going to be her. So what? Okay, big deal. Ooh, yeah. big surprise. And then that end happens with. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I, I bolted up in my living room and was like, Oh my God. Like, Oh my God. And my skin was crawling. And I didn't sleep that night. I, I slept terrible that night. I was just like, you son of a bitch. Like, oh. and after it's I thought about it, some, I was like, that was awesome. Yeah. It made the whole movie worth it. And it, it, it's not scary. It's like, it's not a jump scare or anything like that. It's just like, Okay, they they got me, and that was a truly, genuinely unsettling, uncomfortable moment in cinema. I have to wonder too. Here's here's another thought. Again, trying to be vague on spoilers because that's the that is the mm. reason to watch that movie, even though it's so mm. old. Um, it, it's still I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But um, yeah, agreed. Let me pose this question uh, because for me, it's the face that she is making. Oh, it's the, yeah, it's definitely all in that face. If, if she had been clothed, would it have had as much power? I kind of think it almost would have. Or if the the surprise had not been the surprise, it had just been like she was just naked and it was the face, but it wasn't that surprise. It was just the yeah. face and she was naked. Would it have? It, I think it still would have freaked me out just as much. You think I so? I kind of do. I mean, trust me, I love it the way it is. Yeah, but, but damn. No, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about this movie, or I, and I know that we've hit on it. I've talked about it on my own show, and it's. Yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> oh, and I was waiting. <laughs> hey, anyway. Okay. Uh, ready to move on to recently watched? Yes. Let's get on with that. I, yeah. now I only have three things and they're not going to take long, except for maybe one of them, because we've discussed them before. Uh, cause I haven't been watching much. I've been, I, I mean, I have been watching stuff, but I've been watching TV. I've been crazy busy at work this week. I've been watching a lot of different TV shows. And so like in an episode or two, I'm going to have just a string of series as, as, as to talk about. Um, but first up, uh, last week I took Addie to watch Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. I wanted to, 
here's here's this messed up thing, right? So I pre-order the ultimate version like a few weeks ago. And they have this marketing thing where they're releasing the uh digital version for sale 3 weeks before the hard copy. So now I still have to wait until the last week of July to get my copy in the mail. But everybody's putting out reviews now of the ultimate copy. I'm like, son of a bitch. I want to watch this thing. Mm. Um, yeah. But it's in the dollar theater. I thought, you know what? I'll take Addy to see it. Because I want that that theatrical cut firm in my mind so that I can really recognize the stuff. Um, I got to say, man, I enjoyed it even more this time around. Even just being the theatrical cut. Um. It just works for me. I really enjoy this film. It's I'm getting tired of defending it. And more and more people that I talk to say the same thing, that they really enjoy it. And there's a couple of issues with it, but uh, choppiness in the editing, you could feel that. They were forced him to make a, a cut to his director's cut. And from all accounts, this director's cut smooths out that editing and the storytelling, yep, even if agreed. it still has... I can't, some, I can't wait to watch it. Even if it still has some base problems, it, they said it makes it better. Uh, so, you know, even as it stands, I really like this movie. Uh, a lot of strong points in, I don't know, I'm not going to spend all, we've talked about it before. I just wanted to mention, I did go watch it again and I really enjoyed it and yeah, whatever. Everybody be damned. Uh, the critics all hate it yeah. and that's fine. The, the, uh, from what I'm seeing amongst the comic book nerds and in the groups and everything, it's not really 50-50. It's more like... Uh, 60, 40, 70, 30 of people that like it to people that don't. And the people that don't like it are very vocal. Yeah, they're very vocal. And I don't know. Another thing I noticed too, because I've seen Civil War now, going back and rewatching this one, a lot of the complaints you could put on Civil War if you're going to be nitpicky. If you really want to be nitpicky, all of the things they're saying about BVS, you could apply to Civil War and... I'm like, well, I don't know, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, technically it's probably, Civil War is a better made movie, but it's just weird that they are willing to overlook blatant problems with that movie, but lambast BVS for it. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't get the hate, but I've only watched it one time, and the next time I watch it will be the ultimate cut when I get it on Blu-ray. So Cool. I'm just biding my time, waiting, I, and I see it on Vudu, but I'm like, nope. I'm getting that baby on Blu-ray. I want the full high-def experience with that and the sound and the special features and all that good stuff. Well, I I will be getting it in about three weeks. I, ah, bastards. I hate that marketing ploy. It's fine if you're going to release the um, Voodoo or whatever uh, digital download stuff like a week early or a few days or yeah. something. But a month? It's, it's No, it was three weeks, I think they said. But mine doesn't ship till like the 25th. It's like bastards. You would think if you pre-ordered, maybe you could get a little bump up or something, but whatever. I'm going to just, mm -hmm. I'm waiting. And I got to go see it again, mm -hmm. so that will make the next three weeks a little easier to swallow. Okay, over to you. Yeah. Okay, so last week you threw my way another movie that I almost picked, but didn't. And I watched it. Um, and that is, I bleed for this show, uh, dear listeners. <laughs> oh, no. The, the Girl in the Photograph. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I watched that thing that exists. Oh, no. Um, well, from the sounds of it, at least you didn't have to sit through the whole thing, but I bet you did. Oh, I did. I watched the whole thing because of our show. 
Yeah, I literally, and I'm like, you know what? No, 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 fuck this. I'm watching this whole thing, damn it. I am going to watch this whole thing so I have a review. Um, because it might be funny, maybe. And if not, then, damn it, someone's going to listen to my review uh, of the whole thing. Girl in the Photograph is something that happens. Uh, let me pull it up here. on Like, literally you waiting for me to pull up what this movie is on uh, IMDb is more interesting than anything in the movie wow. at all. Yeah. I gave it a half of a star. Oh, there we are. There it is. Cal Penn. The girl in the photographs. Uh, I mean, it's got um, creepy masks and a Cal Penn. I mean, no. Oh, man. No. I dare you. No, hell no. I'm movie. not watching it. That's why I threw it on the roulette. Uh, and Cal Penn is the worst thing about the movie. And I like Cal Penn. I think that he's hysterical in the Harold and Kumar movies. And it's not his fault. It's, it's the, it, this all lies on the director and the writer of this movie. This is the worst of the worst type of mid to late nineties slasher movie, but not as good. Because it feels like a nineties slasher movie, but not as good. And somehow, they talked uh, Dean uh, Cundy, I believe is how you say his last name. They talked him into uh, shooting this thing, like actually being the uh, cinematographer. He, well, like, he's iconic. He did Halloween, The Fog. Uh, he is very well known in the Hollywood, stu- you know, Hollywood circles. Circles. Why did he shoot this movie? Why did he lens this thing? Because it's awful. It's awful. It's give me a, what's the story? Is there any so then? And that's what's so bad about this is there's really not a whole lot of a story. It's a bunch of really bad actors uh, get offed by a really lame killer that are and and the the people are like these they're photographers and models and you it's it's a slasher movie, but you'd think that okay you can't really screw up a slasher movie, but they did somehow. It's so it's so boring. So little happens, and then Cal Penn speaks, and it's just god awful. And nothing makes like nothing makes sense. Like why is this even happening? Nothing. It's just actors reciting lines. It's it's way too bright. Like it's overlit. To, to I still uh, kind of vaguely have a vague recollection, somewhat of that thing you did last summer. Uh, yes, like that. that. That's a masterpiece. <laughs> uh, that that I know what you did last summer. No, no, I was talking about the sequels where they kept adding on. <laughs> oh yes, I still know what you did last. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Cal Penn, he's in this. Um, <laughs> we mentioned that already. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, everybody sucks. The only here's the only reason this movie gets a half a star is the last fifteen minutes or so. There's a couple of admittedly gruesome kills but it could have been a short movie this could have been a 20 minute movie and then maybe it might have been okay not bad but hour and 35 or hour and 40 minutes it was so shitty this is this is what i despise on netflix is these just random horror movies that pop up that you're like maybe cal penn's in this and and the, the guy that lends Halloween and the fog. Okay, it's got to be cool, right? No, no, it's it's utter shit. I dare anybody to watch this thing. And and 
and come away. Try, try and argue for a positive review. Yeah. Yeah, And for me, it was no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Just another one of Eugene's movies that he likes to watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The torture that you love to subject yourself to. You just love to whip yourself (laughs) with this horse shit. Yes, because this was literally, I was I had my little whip thing that was just slapping my back. <laughs> it's going to get good. It's going to get yes, good. Yes, it's going to get good. It's gonna... <laughs> Nope. Nope, I'm good. All right. Um... I, really, I really wish that you'd watch until uh, several lines from Cal Penn and, and just then multiply that by 100 because that's what he does the whole way through because it's so, like, I don't get why he acts like he does in the movie. Because he's such a douchebag in the movie. And I'm like, this is not, this doesn't feel, like, it doesn't feel right how he's acting, like, and how it, you are, like, you are so acting. You're like, he is an actor in this. And I felt bad for him because I'm like, he was probably doing what he was told to do. And it was so god awful. Yeah. So. Okay. Avoid the girl in the photographs. Official grenade status from the, the roulette yes. bin. Uh, how many more do you have? Do you want to do another one? I'll, I'll kind of let you go back to back here because I have so few. Oh damn! Okay. It's up to you. Um, uh, if... um, yeah, I want to. I want to talk about a good one though. Um, let's see here. A good movie. Ah, okay, let's 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 talk about Deep Star Six. Have we talked about Deep Star Six already? Um, is this the one with the sea crab? Yes. Yes, we've talked about this one before. Because okay. I, I watched uh, I don't it for wanna... the first time, like, this year. Or That's a cool yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. good. Yeah, well, yeah, good movie. Um, let's talk the Warlock uh, yes, movies. Yes, there you have go. Have you watched all three Warlock movies, or just the first, first two. one or two? First two. I have, I okay. watched the, the third one was is with that other guy, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, and I have not seen that one. I haven't either. I think it's on Netflix, though, and I had, or it was at one point, and I had added it. It was at one point, but it's not anymore. What is, um, what is his name? 80, something Rain? Alden Rain or something like that. He was the bad guy from Passenger Fifty Seven. That that's that's the replacement. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Are you sure. Maybe I, I'll okay. I'll go investigate. Yeah. Um. Pa- yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So Warlock. Uh, so obviously, part three they couldn't get uh, Julian Sands. He was too busy for for uh, part three. So. So, uh, but I watched, I watched Warlock one and two again. Actually, I watched both of these movies in the theater when they were released. Uh, Warlock was in 89 and I believe Warlock 2 was, uh, in 93. I actually prefer Warlock 2 over the first one, directed by Steve Miner. And Steve Miner did, uh, Halloween H2O, Friday the 13th, parts 2 and 3, uh, Plas- uh Lake Placid. I, I enjoy part 2 a little bit more because it's a little bit more cheesy and a little bit more gory, violent. Like, they're, they're, they play more to the horror tropes than the first one does. The first one is a little bit more fantasy-based. You've, obviously, you've seen these movies. Well, Do 1 you, and 2. Would, and I, I'm, I don't know if, do I like 1? I watched, I re-watched 1 not too long ago, uh, like a year or two ago, but I haven't watched Warlock 2 in quite a while. But I do seem to recall liking Warlock 2 better. That was the one with the really crappy CG CGI. Effect. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yep. that one really and made me laugh. The big Satan thing crawling out of the well or whatever in the end, that was bad. But that first one has that scene where he takes over that... Uh, fortune teller or whatever and which was the best scene in the movie that's that awesome. amazing scene that movie is great right up until he gets to the amish people and yes. then it, because for us it falls apart because we live in that community yep <laughs> so he's like yeah. are you amish mennonite close enough <laughs> yes yeah and it, it part part one goes on a little too long it's an hour and 45 minutes 
And it's about 15, 20 minutes too long because I'm like, okay, let's get on with things. But part two uh, is it's gory and it's like it knows what it is and it just rolls with it. And it, there's druids and gemstones that look like something you get out of a Cracker Jack box that, in CGI that's just it, not even, barely PlayStation 1 era. Yeah. Uh, but they're still fun movies. And Julian Sands is just He's so cool in these movies. The long blonde hair and the ponytail and black. He's dressed in black and, you know, he has his British accent and it's, he's just cool. Yep, I was uh, right. The, uh, Bruce Payne, Warlock 3. Bruce, okay. The End All of right. Innocence. Have you seen So you haven't seen that one? No, I haven't seen it. I totally would watch it. I just I never Oh, me it. too, of course. Oh my God, is that um, Britney Spears? Maybe, I hope. You hope? <laughs> Well, Ashley Lawrence is in this, too. I love Bruce Payne, though. Uh, he is... Uh, add him to my character actors list. We'll, we'll do that next time. Uh, Ashley Lawrence is in that, too. Bunch of random people I kind of half-recognize. Nope. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Well, Warlock won, obviously, because it was made in 1989. It has a very 80s feel. Warlock 2 is 93, and it, it just it oozes... Now dated grunge era styles, <laughs> yeah. and it, it feels like a like the the girl the main girl in it is so mopey and just obnoxiously like I, like I don't like to look at you even you're just you're very flannelly mopey <laughs> and pouty bottom lip and black sp- <laughs> you got dark eye shadow Woo. yeah dark eye shadow clearly you have feelings. Um, yeah. it says this is a 1999 video, so clearly Warlock 3, The End of Innocence, went direct to video. I do like that he is listed as The Warlock, a.k.a. Philip Covington. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great. Nice. Uh, his, his, his name, you see. Uh, now, did you know that Warlock was written by David Toy? I did at one point. I forgot that. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't realize that. Now, I was watching the movie, I'm like... What? He wrote this thing? Oh, all right, that's cool. So, but I like the I like the witchy things that they throw in there. That like, oh, okay, it's like witches do this, but they can't do this, and they do this, and there's hexes, and it's like it's it's Harry Potter before Harry Potter. It's the warlock. No, not really. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty picky on the, I'm pretty picky on my witchy shit. Like some of it kind of bothers me because I think there's a basis of truth in there maybe not that's not the right word but but sort of like people who believe in its truth and therefore will harm other people because of it that kind of thing yeah so there's some aspects of witchy type things that make me uncomfortable or that i just flat out despise like the craft Uh, yeah but then there's but then there's some parts of it that don't bother me at all and warlock is the perfect example of what does not bother me at all like i love those uh, movies even though they're dodgy and it just becomes a comedy after that you introduce the Amish yeah but really is there any other film that involves the Amish other than witness that you know you can take seriously even the second act of that movie they had to do a lot of comedy to make that somewhat believable yeah yes and, th- and this one here I will say what other movie can you credit to uh, the death of a child and the fa- the lard or fat of a child to make to make a uh, a warlock be able to fly because it happens in this movie. If, if um, you the witch, 
Nope, there you go. Good call. So, The Witch and the Warlock. Double feature. <laughs> oh, keep something. talking. I'm trying to find something. I, I had a thought. Okay. Uh, anyway, yes. Oh, yeah. So, but they're cool movies. I, I really do want to watch part three. I never have seen it. I, for some reason, I always put Warlock, the Warlock series, and the Wishmaster series kind of in the same category. Yeah. As far as made in the same time, lower budgets, dealing with kind of sort of the same thing, and that it's kind of the, 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 uh, the pinch hitter, the pinch hitter yeah, they're, horror they're, series. They're the B team. They're the B yeah, team they're, they're of the horror team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, they're, so. they're right on the same page, but I still yeah. find them very enjoyable. Well, Wishmaster yeah. one and two. Don't go further than that. I think I watched five of them damn movies. Ooh, you know wow. me. When I start I've, a horror series, I'm going to watch every damn one of them yeah. so that I never have to again. <laughs> yeah, because I think I've seen the first two uh, Wishmasters, and I don't think I've seen anything after yeah, that. I watch more horror than you. Uh, back ah! to back to Warlock though. <laughs> Julian Sands, I mean, fan, one of those guys, again, character actor, fantastic yeah. at everything, iconic voice. Well, another one of the reasons why I always struggled with taking that movie seriously is Richard Grant, Richard E. Grant. Uh, he's the guy that chases after him through time. Yes, oh, with the long mullet. Oh, yeah, but the reason that I struggle with taking Richard E. Grant seriously He's a great actor. It's no fault of his own. The only problem is that I associate him with... Yeah, I'm looking for the title here. I couldn't find it in time. He Damn was it. in something other than Warlock? I did not even oh, know Oh, he's that. got 112 credits. He's a he's a character actor, but I associate him with this other movie that people hate that I love. Yeah, with Bruce Willis. Back in the 90s. Uh, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> wow. I... I'm one of the few people on planet Earth that I love Hudson Hawk. That is one of the my favorite uh, action comedies. It's so stupid, slapsticky, Three Stooges goofiness, but I, it's hysterical. And everybody takes it as a bad movie because they were expecting Die Hard 2.5 or something. Yeah, and it's not that. It had, and it has no intentions of being that. It is fully intended to be a comedy. And I think it's hilarious. And I came to it later after it was released, not when it was released. So I had no expectations of it. And that's why I came around to loving it so quickly. And then I was shocked when it was like, there was so much hate on, on you know, online, on the internet. Julian Sands was, was in that movie. No, no, no. Richard Grant, the guy that, oh, Richard, the, the guy okay. that follows after him. He's, oh, he's one yes. of the villains of that movie. And he's over the top and silly and ridiculous with his sister in that movie. Uh, who is played by... I still can't find his... Whatever. At any rate, have you ever seen Hudson Hawk? Uh, one time on VHS, so I I literally remember nothing about that movie. Oh, I love that movie so much. Come on, bring it up. Uh, Andy McDowell is in it. David Aiello is the is fantastic okay. in the movie as well. James Coburn, Richard E. Grant. Sandra Bernhardt plays his sister. Okay. Yeah. All right. They're kind of the villains of the movie, and... They play it so over the top, the way they should play it. They play it completely over the top. They're millionaires, spoiled rich brats. It's, it's hysterical. But I don't know. For hmm. some reason, everybody watched that movie and thought, no, we have to be dead serious. David Caruso is in that. No. <laughs> There's a lot wow. of people. Frank Stallone. <laughs> Cause that's who we go to. Yeah, that's who we, yeah. It's... Okay. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. I de- yeah. derailed you a bit, but that is relative to 
uh, Warlock. That's one of the reasons why I had a little bit of struggle with it. But he he was mm-hmm. da- David or Richard Grant wasn't in the sequel, was he? No. Okay. No, just in part one. But, but yeah, part two was just grunge. Grunge the sequel. It was so grungy <laughs> and grungalicious and. <laughs> I, I, you know, another, another series that I associate with that B team of the late eighties, early nineties is, uh, your boy there, Christopher Walken, the prophecy. Oh yeah. How many, of, how many of those have you seen? Um, at least the first one, two, three, at least the first three. Man, I kind of think I've seen at is least there two four or five of them. I, I, I think there's like five. Those are like the dimension, uh, yeah. The first one was good. Uh-huh. Vigo, Vigo Mortensen is Satan in there. Well, that and... was the best part of that movie, but yes, that was that was. Yeah, awesome. hard it is to upstage Christopher Walken, but he somehow did it. He did. That was great. Come on, IMDb. How do I get to sequels? Oh, here we go. Prophecy two, Prophecy three, The Ascent, Prophecy Uprising. Prophecy. Are you okay? Let, let's keep track here. Two, three, four. Prophecy Forsaken. That's five. I've seen the first three. So there's, oh, wow. there's five of them. Okay. I've not seen all of them. Though. Well, at least so far of this. Uh, I, I know I've seen at least one and two, but I, man, they just were like, meh. And even Walken started mailing it in. Yeah. Uprising. For sake. When they start getting subtitles, you know you're done. You're done. Yep. <laughs> Which would be probably uh, Warlock 3. What was Warlock 3? Uh, the end of innocence or something. Yeah, uh, well, exactly. Warlock Two yeah, was yeah. Armageddon. Yeah, but that was still yeah, yeah, it was good. What was I can never remember the main plot of that movie. I just remember the uh, CGI thing at the end. There was rune stones and and <laughs> of course Julian there was. Sam was yeah he was after the stones to be, to say God's alternate name. I think uh, on his real name that would his undo all name. of darkness and, would, and stuff. Yeah, yeah that would bring right. about yeah and these. These silly actors in a small town were out to stop him. And the silly yeah, actors whatever. in a small town. What was it? Ninety yeah. two. Yeah, they all were. 90. They were like video. This is amazing. You don't have to. Go. Yeah, and there there was a dagger in the movie that uh, the the yeah. one guy was learning the Jedi mind tricks force bullshit, <laughs> and so he was learning how to blow up stuff and and yeah. had this dagger going back and forth and yeah. Cracker Jack, little oh, gemstones. Then we put the giant uh, snake thing into the pig body so that it could, you know... Had yes, yeah, see, it all comes full circle here. Try and explain all of this shit. Okay, uh... Yes. Back to me. I'll I'll do a double and I'll be done, and you can go ahead. Because okay. we're, we're about good on time here. Um, Orange is the New Black, Season 4. I'm pretty much done with this show. I, I mean, after a couple of really good seasons, even for a Netflix original, this one kind of losing me. It did end on a interesting note last couple seasons. I was really ripping this thing to shit uh, for its l- quote-unquote last episode because I was like, that? You end like that? You motherfucking bastards! That yeah. was bullshit! You're just trying to, you know... And then, in talking with my neighbor, realized that I did not, in fact, watch the last episode. I had one more to go. <laughs> uh. So I watched the last episode, and it did make up for it and end in a good place. Well, not good, but ended better than I thought they were going to leave me. So we'll see. I might carry on a little bit, but uh, just 
man, it's something. What is it about seasons three or four? I mean, they they start just just drag the shit out and. Where's it going? And you say, let's try something new. And it's like, that's not what got me interested. Uh, anyway. Uh, but the movie I really wanted to talk about last, because I just finished it up today. Deathgasm. Oh, nice. Okay. Satan, 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 Deathgasm. Gore and stuff. Gore, gore, penis, 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 Deathgasm. There, I just, that's the whole movie. Back to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, one one of the <laughs> one of the best uh, kills I've ever seen. I was just talking about with the guys tonight. Putting barbed wire on the end of a weed eater. Fantastic. The joke that they make coming late, like, how did I not see that that was a setup for that one particular joke? That's that all that that was. And you know what? Totally worth it. That was yeah. laughed out loud. That was so funny. So you liked the movie then? I liked the movie, but overall, I honestly, I was kind of disappointed with it. Oh, I mean, I'm giving it a thumbs up overall, but I was really hoping for um, some more solid comedy. The comedy was decent, but the little light, and the plot was fine, but the acting in some areas was kind of meh, and it just definitely needed more comedy. I was hoping yeah. for another one of those, uh... Oh, shit. Now I can't even remember, but I, I, watching this movie, I was like, I gotta pull that out and watch it again. Um, just to get right with my fantasy horror comedy nonsense. The one with Peter Dinklage, where they're doing the oh, LARPing, yes. the live-action role-playing, that... Yeah. I gotta watch that again. Knights of Badass. There you go. I was hoping for yeah. that one. For that, where that one had uh, tons of comedy, plenty of gore and everything. But they had, you know, your basis of, is comedy when they're doing this. And I didn't. Yeah. The, their basis here was let's play metal music and have gore, and that's fine. But it's, eh, you got to be funny enough to carry me along through it. At cer- certain point, it's just bloodletting and penises and sex toys and. Uh, you know, just another uh, Tuesday night around my house, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pentagrams and summoning demons. And, oh, and, yes. And Amish and Mennonites. <laughs> and, yes. yes. Anyway. Okay. Another night in the bird. But anyway, I, I do yep. give Deathgasm a thumbs up. It was fun. Give it a, you know, it, it, it did its gore right and everything, but uh, got to use some more solid humor in there. Yeah. In the, okay. in the writing. Anyway, uh, back to you. Do another okay. one or two, or whatever you want to do, and uh, we'll wrap this bitch up. Okay, um, so I want to talk briefly about Silent Night, Bloody Night. Just I want to clarify here which movie you watched and which movie I watched, because I think we watched the same thing. You did not like this movie. I did like this movie. Um, so let's figure out, first off, did we watch the same thing? I have been trying to solve this mystery ever since we originally had this conversation. Because I rewatched I, this movie, I am still convinced that we are not talking about the same movie. I'm, I'm still convinced, even though through our last conversation, um, <laughs> as I recall, yeah, boy, it's hard to pull that movie up. Uh, this, this guy goes to this, or this lady goes to this mansion, and she's inherited this mansion, and the townsfolk don't like that there's this mansion, and. There's a hell of a lot of flashbacks to things that we never saw happen. And in the end, I mean, there's one 
okay, uh, they find, there's, this thing is almost bloodless, except for two scenes. I think two people die in the thing. One is in a bed, where there there's some blood in mm-hmm. a sheet, maybe? And then the other one is at the very end with a glass and an eye. And they just kind of show a little bit of it, like the glass going towards the eye and then kind of gouging a little bit, and then they cut away. And that's it. That's all I remember about the movie. Hmm. So does it deal with, like, an insane asylum? No. It used to be... I mean, what we, not that I recall. Are, are you saying that the mansion might have been in the sales? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, hated, David I hated that movie. Because I watched it the second time and I'm like, this is a good, cool, little, weird movie. Uh, I, I hated it. I mean, nothing happened. I mean, it was like 90 minutes and nothing happened for 80 of those minutes. It was just people, it was people talking and about lawyers <laughs> bringing papers, but then they don't show up and... <laughs> like it was horrible. Uh, I'll try. I'll try and look it up. Oh, okay. Um. So I wa- I watched another movie here. No, no. Carry, uh, you can carry on with your Silent Night, Bloody Night, Love, if you want. No, no. I, I actually I think that we watched the same the same movie, and I I actually enjoyed this movie. It's... I, I still do not believe that we watched the same movie. I'm going to tell you because <laughs> I can keep watching it, but it is so damn bad. Uh, in a way, you. You said yours stars who? Uh, Carradine. Something with uh, Carradine. One of the Carradines? I, yeah. Okay, carry on. Um, okay, so the other movie I'm going to talk about just briefly, I, I couldn't help myself. I had to watch this because I just got done watching all of the Jaws movies. I had to watch the biggest ripoff of Jaws. And so I watched 1976's Grizzly. <laughs> Oh, I hope it's good. I really want to watch that. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, this is like, this is plagiarism, borderline plagiarism going on here. This is the story of Jaws, but in a national park with a grizzly bear. Down to every last plot point in like, this is like, this is grizzly bear instead of shark with Christopher George. Who's Christopher George? Yeah. I like Christopher George. He was in. Uh, Lucio Fulci's City of the Living Dead and The Exterminator and uh, Pieces. He was a cop in Pieces, one of my favorite slasher movies. But it is, yeah, if you like 70s cinema and uh, Jaws ripoffs, watch the movie. There you go. It's that, and it's, oh, it's rated PG, except it's fairly gory. Like, by 70s standards, like really fake paint, red paint. Better or worse than Orca. Um, you know, I don't believe I've ever watched Orca. Hmm. So better then. I got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Fast cowboy hats or, uh, yeah, guys <laughs> with cowboy hats shooting at, at uh, grizzly bears. We're going to need a bigger and, four-wheeler. Or, yeah. Okay. And, and, yeah. Uh, Silent Night, Bloody Night. 1972, a man inherits a mansion, which was one of the mental home. He visits the place because it investigates some crimes that happened in old times, scaring the people living in the region. Uh, starring, uh, like, 15th down the list, I see a John Carradine. That's the movie. That's the one I saw. I mean, I just, I, honestly, I, I feel like even the screenshots I'm looking at here do not look like the movie that I watched. And, and I really feel like 
because the the version that I have is a DVD and one of those sets that you can tell cost hundreds of dollars to produce where they put out a 10 yeah. pack and I, I so let me hold on let me see if I, yeah, I watch just hang on a sec I think that my copy is misnamed in order to throw people off into thinking it's this I honestly believe hmm. that that's the case let me just see if I can I might have it here carry on okay um, so yeah anyway Grizzly is uh, it, it, Scorpion released it on Blu-ray if you're interested in picking that up it's not cheap is it worth the Blu-ray purchase? I've got the DVD of it, and I think the DVD is fun. But uh, if, if you're in the mood for a Jaws, complete Jaws ripoff, then Grizzly is your movie. It is significantly better than Jaws 3 and 4, and um, I could maybe make the argument that it might be as enjoyable as uh, Jaws Part... Maybe not Jaws Part 2, but it's close to that. So, yeah. There you go. Grizzly. Um, damn it. I think I took him down to the vault. Well, damn it. the elusive Silent Night Bloody, Bloody Night conversation will uh, continue. Damn it. I'm telling you, the, I, I, I like really want to give you my DVD so that you can try and match it up with yours or whatever. Yeah, there you just go. Just to see. Because if that's the case, I think I'm insane, or you are, because the thing that I watched is a flaming piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, I fucking hated it. Really? I watched an H. It was not so much, no, that would not save this movie. I, I, it wasn't so much even that I didn't like it, it was that there is literally no chance on earth that Eugene likes this movie. There's no way. There's, <laughs> because it's completely bloodless, except for five minutes of the movie there it's horrible and incomprehensible and it's just talking in flashbacks and nonsense uh, and my I, I mean the the dvd transfer that i have it, i'll admit it's terrible but it no transfer would save that movie unless you had like some director's cut where there's lots of the, the five more people die and it's bloody and gory or something because it's not I, I remember you telling me oh it's gory and ugh, and i was like Nope. There's one good kind of axe death in a bed, and then there's an eyeball at the end, and that's it. And they actually cut away before anything happens. Mm. Is that the movie? I don't know. I and I. Eh, eh. I don't know. Well, yeah. I, okay. Well, anyway, Grizzly and yeah, 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 so, so, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, anything else you want to add for this episode? That's okay. It. Let's wrap it up. As always, Movie Freaks Pod is your keyword. You can get a hold of us at yahoo.com for your email, facebook.com. That's our main page. Go visit that for our uh, weekly reviews we're putting up in writing and at Movie Freaks Pod on the Twitter. And uh, please visit Cinema Soft Underbelly and Cinema Sidekicks. I think that's going to do it for this episode. I am Eric Warner. I'm Eugene Weaver. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening.